Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Football season is here, and it's time to download BetMGM Sports. It is Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, it is hour number two of Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe, Adam Burke, coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Right now, college football ruling the day. It is New Year's Day. Of course, we got Penn State, Arkansas going on right now on the live line. Arkansas, they leave 7-0 right now. They lead it. They are eight-point favorites with a total of 43. So this game trending toward the under and trending toward the Razorbacks. Of course, we'll keep our eyes on that throughout the next couple of hours. But joining us now, he is the college football writer at Fox Sports, Aaron Torres, to talk all things college football playoff, New Year's Six Bowl games. Aaron, we appreciate you joining us on the show here this morning. Happy New Year. And I want to start off with your takeaways from the playoff yesterday that saw Alabama and Georgia advance to the national title game. Well, my big takeaway is uh, SEC, SEC, <laughs> SEC. I mean, what else could it be? And and listen, you know, I'll I'll tell you guys, you know, do you ever in the middle, and obviously we all like to put a little action on these games, do you ever even before a bet takes place realize like, oh, not only am I on the wrong side, but my logic doesn't even make sense because – it hit me yesterday. I had Cincinnati plus the point. No, I had Cincinnati first half, which almost ended up covering. But my logic was, you know, I have a 12-game sample size that tells me that Alabama, before that SEC championship game, that's not who they were, and they'll come back down to earth against the against uh, Cincinnati in the college football playoff, okay? And so that, that seems like a logical enough stance to have. But then I had Michigan, and then I sat there and I said, wait a second now, if I'm saying that I, ca- I can't, take too much away from the SEC championship game for Alabama's perspective. Why did I take a whole bunch away from the from Georgia from the SEC championship <laughs> game away? And even before the game, I was like, I don't think I'm on the right side here, let alone the fact that, as we all know, a ton of the money was coming in on Michigan over the last couple of days. 
so, no, I mean, that's my big takeaway. And I, I know America wants to fight it, and I know America wants to say that, you know, the SEC is overrated and you guys in the media this and you do that. No, man. I mean, uh, you know, they play the best football. They, they have the best recruiting classes. They put out the most NFL draft picks. It's indisputable at this point. And obviously last night it was on full display. It was just complete domination, really, from Georgia's perspective. I was on air during the Alabama game, and Alabama uh, was in control of that game from the opening drive. So it is what it is. Uh, we're headed for a, a second at all-SEC title game in whatever it is, five or six years. Uh, but that is the reality, and that's, uh, you know, that's the world that we live in right now. So. Aaron, to your point, I, I kind of felt that way about my Michigan plus seven and a half ticket yesterday. I just, yeah, I, I made exactly. an, I made an impassioned plea, impassioned speech on, <laughs> on primetime action on Wednesday about Michigan, and, and that's as an Ohio State fan. And uh, then the game played uh, out like it did, and yeah. Um, but with that being said, you know, Femi and I talked you about enjoy, it. Does that as an Ohio State fan? Did you enjoy that last night, or did it make you feel worse about what happened when you played Michigan? Oh, I enjoyed it. I lost my bet, but oh, okay. I, enjoyed, I enjoyed it. Um, okay, I kind of figured that would be the answer, but so Femi and I talked about it in the first block, actually, where you know we just saw these two teams play each other in Georgia and Alabama. We saw that Georgia was a six and a half point favorite. We saw how the game played out with Alabama scoring forty-one points on a defense that had allowed fewer than seven points per game. Now you've got Georgia two and a half point favorite in this one. So the line certainly has been adjusted. The Bulldogs still the favorites. I think. Femi and I agree that they rightfully should be. What, what do you think about the rematch here, Aaron? Yeah, I haven't really had time to really think too much about it. I mean, obviously, as the game was unfolding last night, I, I started to think a little bit. But um, I would hope and I would think and that, you know, Georgia would come out and, and, and maybe not be – I don't know what the right word is because they were up 10 nothing in the first game. So you can't sit there and say they, they, were, they were shocked or they were – I mean, they, they were in control early. Uh, I thought they got away from their game plan of running the ball a little bit early, earlier than they should. Um, and then as Alabama kept piling on the points, they had no choice but to throw. So I would hope that they stick to the run game a little bit better. Uh, I would hope that they get, they stay aggressive on defense a little bit more um, because I really felt like they just, they just, I don't know. It was, it was a very bizarre game. And like I said, kind of lead the segment. I'd like to think that, you know, the 12 game sample size now 13 game sample size that we have outside of when Georgia played Alabama, that's probably reflective of who they are, but I don't know if, if, if Alabama just has Georgia shook. I don't know if it's just a bad matchup for Georgia with Bryce Young's ability to throw the deep ball. Um, but I tend to think we'll see a better version of Georgia. And I think the fact that, you know, Georgia is still a favorite reflects that they're a really good team. Um, that is, they're obviously expected to win this game. I'll be curious to see where the money comes in. We're speaking with Aaron Torres, college football writer for Fox Sports here. Aaron, I want to get to the New Year's Day games here in just a bit, but one more question on this national title game. One thing that will be different on Monday night, January the 10th, will be that no John Mechie for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yep. We saw their offense look a little underwhelming against Cincinnati yesterday. How do you think that affects what Alabama does on offense with no Mechie and all the attention now being on Jamison Williams? Yeah, you know, obviously, Corey Brooks stepped up a little bit yesterday. Um, but, no, it, it changes stuff. And I think it, what what the key is going to be, obviously, is can you get pressure on Bryce Young? Because uh, he had a pretty clean pocket in that first game. Um, and does Bryce Young have time to throw the deep ball? And if he does, you know, J you know, eventually Jamison Williams is going to run himself open. And uh, but but I think the key, even without John Mechie, is 
you have to make Bryce Young uncomfortable. I mean, you look at the games that were close. I mean, the, the A&M loss, he got sacked, I think, seven or eight times. The Auburn game, I remember he got sacked eight times. And if you remember the first half, I mean, it was like a, a it was like an it was like an open door. I mean, guys were just running free to him. Um, you know, so so that to me still remains the key for Jamison Williams to get open deep for those deep balls that they hit in the SEC championship game. Bryce Young's got to have plenty of time. And listen, that's by the way, that's a lot of quarterbacks, right? I mean, a lot of quarterbacks. If you give them time, they're going to be able to hit their targets deep. But obviously, with a guy as talented as accurate as Bryce Young, it's going to be that much more important. So it's not as though John Mechie doesn't matter. I still think it starts up front and it starts being able to control the line of scrimmage a little bit better. Aaron, let's go to Pasadena here. Two o'clock local time kickoff, five o'clock Eastern time for the Rose Bowl here between Utah and Ohio State. Updated number on this one, Ohio State four-point favorite, total of 64. Some questions about maybe Ohio State's motivation, you know, losing the game to Michigan, not being in the college football playoff, several key opt-outs for them. Utah as highly motivated as ever for their first Rose Bowl appearance. How do you break this one down? What do you think? Yeah, a little, um, you know, this isn't really a breakdown, but I actually live in Pasadena, and yesterday – I mean, the number of Utah fans that are in town is insane. So, you know, the, the stories are true. You know, they sold out their ticket allotment and asked for a lot more. With, with this game, it's interesting, guys. I don't necessarily buy the um, Ohio State isn't motivated because, you know, you guys, I know one of you mentioned you're an Ohio State fan. Yeah, um, Garrett Wilson is out. And, yeah, Chris Olave may be out, although weirdly, like Ryan Day said something yesterday about the possibility that he might play, uh, you know, there's another. There's a five star right behind those guys that wants to prove just how good they are. And you know, we've seen some teams, you know, like Purdue without David Bell. Other guys stepped up. And so I don't. I don't. C.J. Stroud, by the way, is from Southern California, so he's going to have a lot of friends and family there. I don't know about the motivation factor, but I do think it's a bad matchup for Ohio State. And you know, we go back to that Michigan game. We were just joking about it a minute ago, but I mean, we obviously know what Michigan did at the line of scrimmage. Whatever it was, I think it was a hundred. 90 yards plus of, of rushing offense, maybe even more. I think it was 200 plus yards. But the point being, you know, Utah was ranked 12th nationally in, in rushing yards this season. For their last six games, they went for over 200 yards. That's a big Pac-12 championship game. They went for 191 yards. So they basically spent the entire second half of the year just running the ball down your throat. And we know Ohio State has struggled to stop the run. And so that, to me, would be the bigger concern. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys give your official picks on this on this show or not. Um, you know, but but I do like Utah plus the points. I got it a little earlier in the week at six and a half when uh, before all the opt outs came in. But you know, I don't think I don't think to me it's so much about the motivation thing. And I really hope, by the way, if Utah wins, that we don't get the whole well, you know, Ohio State didn't want to be there. Like I, I hate that, and I, I don't want I don't want the if Utah does win for anything to be taken away from what they did. But at the same time, you know, I do think that it is also just uh, you know a, a bad matchup specifically for Ohio State's defense. Yeah, that plus six and a half number is a really good bet there for you, Aaron. It's a good one to have in pocket with this game right now, looking like it's going to close around four, maybe three and a half. We'll see what happens later on this afternoon. Got to ask you about the Sugar Bowl, Aaron, here. We've got about a minute and a half, about 80 seconds left. Right now, Ole Miss, one-point favorites Baylor uh, against Baylor right now. The total is at 58. We've seen the market just bet this over, open 50 and a half, now sitting at 58, as high as 59 in some spots. Do you believe this is going to be a high-scoring shootout like the market indicates, or do you think that there's a little bit of value on the under? Well, it's tough because, you know, you guys probably have talked. I mean, Ole Miss's last, I think, eight games of the season went under. I mean, they were an under machine this year. And part of it was they just weren't healthy the second half of the year, specifically on offense. And it was actually the defense that carried them. Uh, but they did get healthy. Matt Corral is playing. 
Uh, I do like the under in this game because I don't think Ole Miss gets enough credit for how good their defense was all season long in the SEC. Held A&M to 19 points. Uh, you know, held uh, you know Mississippi State did a good job against them. Really was pretty lights out the second half of the season. So to me, I would say that I do like the under in this one. And of course, Baylor statistically is a really good defense as well. And that's one where I think both teams are going to be excited to be there, motivated, ready to go. Uh, so that's one I'm excited. Yeah, I'll be on air myself doing radio tonight when that one comes on. Uh, and I'm excited to see that one, but I, I do think there's probably still a little value on that on that number. He is Aaron Torres, college football writer for Fox Sports, joining us here on Betting Across America. Aaron, appreciate you having uh, coming onto the show, and a uh, happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year! Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. All right, how about that? The under in that game that the market so desperately loves an over bet, fifty and a half, all the way up to fifty nine. That is a significant move, but like we mentioned, if you want to bet the over, not a whole lot of value left at that number there. It's long gone. The party's over, so under or pass if you like the total. On the other side, we're going to go back to the NFL. Talking more Week 17. It is Betting Across America. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. We're just moving along here. It is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. In about 15 minutes, Greg Hoops Peterson joins the show. Talk a little college hoops, but of course, a lot of the focus here on college football. Femi Abebefe, Adam Burke, coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. We got a couple games that kicked off while we were in break. Uh, the Fiesta Bowl 
Oklahoma State closed a one-point favorite total 45. And then in the Citrus Bowl, you have Kentucky closing a three-point favorite total 43 and a half. Right now, that game is 0-0. But in the Fiesta Bowl, we have points as Notre Dame scored. They lead it 7-0, not even two minutes into the game here. Uh, we saw the late move in the market towards the Oklahoma State Cowboys. And, of course, to update you on what's going on in Tampa with the Outback Bowl, Penn State has tied the game. So it is 7-7 right now. Of course, the Nittany Lions, three-and-a-half-point underdogs with a total of 51. Uh, but this Fiesta Bowl is going to be interesting, though. I mean, we expected a low-scoring game, and here we are with a touchdown uh, not even two minutes in. Yeah, definitely a very good opening drive there for Notre Dame. By the way, Penn State back in the red zone. So uh, not a good start for the Nittany Lions, but they've had a much, much better second quarter here. So credit to them for that, especially because I, I don't really think much of James Franklin as an in-game head coach, but mm -hmm. obviously they've made some adjustments on the fly here. He's a heck of a recruiter. Those Penn Great State, recruiter. The, the athletes that they get from mm -hmm. Penn State are just ridiculous. And if we've seen that at the NFL level with Michael Parsons having the year that he's having. Let's transition over to the NFL with the Colts and the Raiders here, Adam. Right now, Indianapolis, seven and a half point favorites. Total, 44 and a half. This game will be played at the site of the college football national title game, but that's in nine days. The game that's happening tomorrow. The intrigue about this game has to be centered around Colts quarterback Carson Wentz. Of course, he ended up on the reserve COVID list after testing positive for COVID-19 earlier this week. But with the new tweaked protocols of only having to quarantine for five days versus 10, Wentz's fifth day ends up being tomorrow, which he can be cleared to play in the game. But of course, it has to be whether he's asymptomatic or symptomatic. I don't know how anybody could bet this game right now without even knowing until the morning of the game, Adam, of who's going to be playing quarterback for Indianapolis. Right. I mean, I guess I could understand maybe a speculative play on the Raiders plus seven, just kind of in case Carson Wentz isn't able to play because then this line goes down to what? Probably two, one and a half, something like yeah. that. The thing is that, you know, we talked about it. I think it may have been in, in the first block where Twitter is a phenomenal news source. Yep. Uh, we could talk about some of the discussions that happen on Twitter, but it's Co a but phenomenal it's news source. COVID notification app. Absolutely. <laughs> it, it is great for that. You know what else is a pretty good indicator? The betting market. Yep. And and we saw earlier in the week, you know, that line came down. It was seven and a half, came down to six and a half, started going down even more. And just immediately everyone goes, well, is Jonathan Taylor have COVID or is it Carson Wentz? Mm -hmm. You know, and wound up being Carson Wentz. And, you know, look, at this point in time, like you said, it's very difficult to bet this game, whether it's side or total. Again, as I said, if you, if you want to take the Raiders plus seven, just with a speculation, or maybe you like the Raiders plus seven, where Carson Wentz hasn't practiced all week, you know, but Sam Ellinger has gotten those first team reps in practice. How much does that matter? You know, is that, uh, uh, is that worth anything? You know, I think that's something that we're going to have to wait and see as, as the news kind of breaks over the next 24 hours. Yeah, Sam Ellinger, he at least played decent in the preseason because I know he was battling out with Jacob Easton when they thought that Wentz might be out for a while with the foot injury. So he got a lot of reps over training camp. So maybe that kind of helps him getting back into the flow of things, even though he hasn't played all throughout this season here. But it's almost interesting here because I wonder – how much of this was a natural flat spot for the Indianapolis Colts after coming off the big wins on Saturday night against the New England Patriots, and then you followed up with another big win on Christmas night against the Arizona Cardinals. I think betters naturally had circled this spot because I think the initial move in the market went towards the Raiders on Sunday when this line opened at 8.5 around that number, that how much – even if Wentz plays, do better still go with that or maybe the COVID interruption maybe has thrown all the narrative handicapping out of the window. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. And furthermore, too, I mean, it, it's not like the Raiders are just going through the motions here. You know, they've got things to play for yeah. in this game as well. So, you know, they're obviously a highly motivated team making this trip out to Indy. I guess the last thing I'll mention about this game, we kind of talked about, you know, how you don't just have to bet spread in total. You can find alternative ways to bet the game. If Carson Wentz doesn't play, what what is Jonathan Taylor's rush attempts prop? Like 25 and a half, 27 and a half? Hell, he might be it's wildcat quarterback. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But, I mean, that's going to be an absurd number of rushing attempts. Yeah. And, you know, again, at that point, look, you have to think that the Colts game plan will be centered all around Jonathan Taylor. It usually is, but especially if Wentz is out. But there's not going to be any equity on, you know, rushing yards over, rushing attempts over, anything like that. All of that's going to be baked into the number. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's something you want to keep in mind, too. Everyone's just going to rush to try and bet those overs with Taylor. And... You know, you're going to be betting into a really inflated number. Now you got my mind working here, Adam, because you brought up the, an alternative way to bet this game. And I almost think that if Wentz doesn't play and the Colts were to win the game, Taylor has another big game. Do you start to get more conversation about Jonathan Taylor to win the MVP? Because right now you have Tom Brady. He's kind of fizzling out a little bit. And we're going to talk a little bit more MVP here in the third hour of the show. But I, this, you brought it up, so now i got to say it now. Um, it's interesting because Tom Brady's fizzled out. His weapons are kind of hurt. The Bucks aren't in a nationally uh, televised window for the rest of the season. And, of course, you have Aaron Rodgers for the Green Bay Packers, who some may not want to vote for him because of what he did earlier this year with his immunization claim or whatever that was. Maybe the narrative about Taylor being valuable gains some serious steam because it's gained a little bit of steam, but I don't really take it seriously right now because he's a running back in 2021. But maybe that gains serious steam if they were to still win that game without their quarterback proving that maybe Jonathan Taylor is indeed their most valuable player. Absolutely. And I'm looking here, you know, look at, at some of the different places in the market. Jonathan Taylor minus 110 for offensive player of the year. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know Cooper Cup's having a monster season. And he could very well have a monster game against a pathetic Ravens secondary. But, yeah, for Taylor, if Wentz doesn't play and they still win this game, and also not to mention he's got another game next week where he could put up some numbers. Yep. You know, I mean, Taylor at minus 110, he can't really argue with that position either. Yeah, I think that's a good look here. It's interesting. Almost, I think I might have a twisted brain now after betting for quite some time now, but... I kind of almost want Wentz to be out if I want to bet the Indianapolis Colts because I want to get that under a field goal. Mm -hmm. And let's, this is the Raiders, guys. Like, this is, right. the, this is the Las Vegas Raiders, the same Las Vegas Raiders that were dying to lose to your Cleveland Browns with Nick Mullins starting, who had been the quarterback there for four days. Like, the Raiders are very capable of losing to a good coaching staff in the Indianapolis Colts, and I know that they absolutely need the game, but there's a reason why they absolutely need the game, because they're not very good. Right. So they could easily still lose without Carson Wentz, and I think if Wentz is ruled out, I think I'm going to wait for the best number possible and bet Indianapolis in this game. Yeah, I think it's completely fair. And, and you know, like you said, kind of that must-win game. Teams get into must-win situations because they're not very <laughs> yep. good. Must not be very good. Right, and and you wind up paying that premium on teams. Yeah. And we'll see that next week. And, and maybe it's out there a little bit in the market here this week, too. Uh, last point to kind of make here is, okay, so let's say Wentz is out, right? Mm -hmm. What what are they what are they actually ask Sam Ellinger to do in this game? The same I mean, thing Wentz does. He's going to be throwing against a very <laughs> flooded box. He's going to have single coverage all over the field. You know, maybe they work in some play action. He makes some, you know, easy pitch and catch kinds of throws. 
I mean, he's not going to be asked to do much of anything. All he's got to do is not turn the football over. That seems reasonable enough, right? Yeah. I, he's going to be asked to do the same thing Wentz does. Wentz, I mean, they what, he threw like 12 times against New England right. or so. So, like, hand the ball off. As long as he knows how to do that to Jonathan Taylor, the Colts' offense can operate just as fine because the important thing with this game is that the Colts are getting their offensive line back. Mm-hmm. They didn't have their offensive line against the Arizona Cardinals. They were still able to win that game, which is another hat tip to Jonathan Taylor if you want to put money into that coin of him being the MVP. But Quentin Nelson's back. Ryan Kelly's back. Like, they're going to have a good O-line, and if they can open up those holes, they should still be able to operate how they typically do, whether it's Carson Wentz or no Carson Wentz. I think it's a spot that if Wentz is out, I'm betting the Colts. I've convinced myself after talking it out with you, I'm going to bet the Colts if Carson Wentz is out. So please hang one and a half, and I'll be all over that. Uh, Another game with QB uncertainty is the Rams and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Right now, the LA Rams, five and a half point favorites, total 46 and a half. We got about a minute and a half left here. Um, But Tyler Huntley looks like He's going to be the starting quarterback. Lamar Jackson practiced on Wednesday, looked gimpy as all heck, (laughs) looked like he was 75 years old, didn't practice Thursday or Friday, likely going to be out for this game. But can Baltimore keep this game close, even though once again they're going back to the well with Tyler Huntley? I don't know about keeping this game close, but I will say if Tyler Huntley plays here and it looks like that's probably going to be the case, I actually like the over 46 and a half. I would much rather have Tyler Huntley, who looks like he has a very good grasp of this offense, out there instead of a – clearly obviously hobbled yeah. Lamar Jackson 45% Lamar Jackson right and, and we just talked about it you know the Ravens secondary is just awful I mean it, it's been a war of attrition from an injury standpoint I don't know if they were that good to begin with but obviously with all the injuries you would think the Rams can move the football nobody can cover Cooper Cup anyway uh, and the Rams defense back-to-back road games early starts late in the year all of that maybe this is a situation where Baltimore can score a little bit so I don't know about the five and a half but I do like the over 46 and a half again check the weather though because it is January yeah another really good opportunity for Cooper Cup to maybe make his case for offensive player of the year going up against that banged up Ravens secondary so Cooper Cup Jonathan Taylor in fact we have a Twitter poll about who you think will be offensive player of the year in the NFL it's gonna be a very very fascinating market here with Devontae Adams Debo Samuel also but it's gonna go down to those two guys with Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup of course Vote in that poll on Twitter at VSIN Live. We want to hear from you guys. We'll reveal the results tomorrow morning on the Lombardi line and on the pregame show. All right, hang with us on the other side. Greg Hoops Peterson joins the show to talk all things college hoops here on this New Year's Day. It's Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. Save 50% off a VEASAN all-access subscription for the rest of football season with our big game special. Get access to our in-depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game and sport on the schedule, including our exclusive betting split showing you where the money is going on every game. Sign up today, and you'll also get our daily best bet emails, weekly betting guides, 24-7 video, plus our all-new college bowl betting guide covering every bowl game for only $39 at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. It is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Adam Burke here, coming to you from the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Of course, we're tracking all things college football. In fact, Penn State is taking the lead in the Outback Bowl. They lead it 10-7. to 7. They went off as three-and-a-half-point underdogs. So if you have a Nittany Lions ticket, you are feeling okay right now, but a lot of ball game still left to be played out there in Tampa. We've talked a lot of NFL, talked obviously a lot of college football since it is New Year's Day, but... 
hey, there's another sport that's going on right now, college hoops. And to break that down, we bring in our guy here at VEASAN, the host of the Greg Peterson Experience. He is Greg Peterson. Greg, we appreciate you joining us here on Betting Across America. And obviously the game of the day right now is between Baylor and Iowa State. I want to get to that game here in just a bit. But first, I got to ask you about this Baylor team right now, number one in the country once again for the folks who may not have been paying attention. How are they getting it done at this level after losing a good amount of guys from last year's national title team? It's not as explosive of an offensive team as we wound up seeing last year. What has been terrific is the defense. So this team ranks in the top five nationally with regards to points allowed on a per possession basis. And you just take a look at all the games that they played, especially that game that they wound up playing against Villanova, I would say about two or so weeks ago. And they've just done a good job of being able to disarm teams, not allow them to be able to hit outside shots. And that's really been the key for Baylor. And, that's what I really think has been amazing about what Scott Drew has been able to do in recent years because we remember last year, this was a Baylor team I was hitting all sorts of outside shots. They're not necessarily as prolific with that aspect this year, but they've been able to do a good job of just being able to lock teams up. Scott Drew has done a good job of being able to adopt with the sort of guys that he winds up having available at his disposal. And thus far this year, it's been a defense-oriented team. It's allowed them to get off to an undefeated start. The Baylor Bears right now, eight and a half point road favorites in Ames against number eight, Iowa State here. The total's at 133 here, Greg. Do you see any value with this? The market has gone up in favor of Baylor, but where do you see the value in terms of the side or the total? I think that Iowa State is being undervalued right now. We remember the last time they were a relatively happy underdog. That was in that home game against Iowa a few weeks ago. They just completely trounced Iowa in a interstate rivalry, so... I do think that Iowa State is going to be a hold in this one. I wound up personally putting my line more around a four and a half in this game when it comes to Iowa State. I think that they're going to be a hold in there. They don't necessarily have as much size as Baylor. Baylor is going to have Jonathan Chamwachachua, a guy that's giving you eight and a half points, eight and a half rebounds per game. But I think look at Isaiah Brockington, and I think that he's doing for a big game in this one. 17 points, eight and a half rebounds. Guy that shoots 42 and a half percent from three point range. And I mentioned the fact that Baylor's in the top five with regards to points a lot on a per-possession basis. Guess who else is? Iowa State, actually, when it comes to the Big 12, four out of the top seven teams with regards to points a lot on a per-possession basis, with Texas being one of those other teams currently in action and taking down West Virginia quite handily. They all reside in the Big 12. This is by far the best conference in all of college basketball, in my opinion. I think that you've got two of the best right here, and I think that though Iowa State may not be able to get the job done all right, I think that they're going to be able to hold within the number, especially with it going up this morning. Greg, we've got a lot of the conferences, pretty much all the conferences now, playing league games. A lot of the data points that we have so far for these teams coming from non-conference action, but now they wind up getting into these conference games where they'll play a lot of these teams for a second time later on in the year. But just as a general rule, Greg, when conference play starts, I mean, does that change your handicapping at all? Do you start looking at things a little bit differently, or do you just sort of go off of what's happened to this point? I don't think I really handicap it too much differently. I just think that when it comes to home court advantage, there is a little bit more value with that because we just noticed that these teams, when they do wind up playing against a big conference foe, they just seem to be up for it a little bit more when it comes to home games because you'll notice that the atmosphere and like, hey, we're just going to spitball here, Iowa State versus Baylor game, a game that we were just talking about. It's a little bit different than when I was playing like 
Jackson State, Chicago State, something of that nature. So I do think that that's a little bit meaningful. And going into this day, we want to see underdog home underdogs this season hitting right around 50% overall. I think that that is going to be going up as we wind up going into conference play. I do think that it's a case in which you sort of split it a little bit because I do think that when it comes to the data points that we do have, the numbers are the numbers. But I do think that that home court advantage is going to be a little bit more meaningful moving forward. We're speaking with Greg Peterson, host of the Greg Peterson Experience here on Fridays and Saturdays on VSIN. Greg, I'm looking at the futures market here at BetMGM right now, and the favorite to win the national title is once again the Gonzaga Bulldogs right now at 5 to 1. We've been talking about Baylor and how they're the top team in the country. They're 12 to 1. With this Gonzaga team, where are you at with them? Because this is Mark for you, one of his younger teams. Typically, then he usually has veteran uh, laden teams here. Is this Gonzaga team once again another team we'll be seeing in the Final Four, or is there something that might be holding them back in terms of my power rankings and just your talent i do have them still as my top team in the country but here's how razors thin it is when it comes to gonzaga who we're mentioning as well baylor duke purdue kansas between all five of these teams the top five teams with regards to the market in regards to drafting I have the separation between these five teams being about a point and a half overall in my power ranking. So, though I do think that Gonzaga has a bunch of talent, though I do think that them being the short shot is not necessarily undeserved. Them being five or them being between five and six to one, and everyone else being eight to one or greater, I think that that's a little bit too big of a divide. I just don't think that there's a lot of value there to be able to take that now. If Gonzaga looks a little bit better, if they continue to run the table in the West Coast Conference, because it is a little bit of an improved league. You've got BYU out there. St. Mary's has looked relatively solid. Heck, even the game that wanted getting postponed for today, Loyola Marymount, these teams are all a little bit better. But I think that when they're just this much clear of everyone else with regards to the futures market, I think that that's a little bit too big of a divide for where they're at right now. Greg, I want to ask you about this Seton Hall-Villanova game. It's tipping off here in a little over 20 minutes, and maybe you can work your thoughts in on this game specifically uh, as we kind of break this down. But something I was looking at here, Villanova has not played since December 21st. For Seton Hall, they just played Providence on Wednesday night, lost by five, but they hadn't played a game since December 12th. So a lot of these long COVID breaks, uh, holiday break, you know, finals, all that kind of thing. What do you do in terms of these long layoffs for teams? Is that something that makes you shy away from them? Do you prefer to play on teams that, you know, have been playing against teams that are off of long pauses? Oftentimes, if it were more than three weeks, I think it would be more meaningful if it weren't for the fact that you just had so many teams on pause that I feel like everyone has been dealt a relatively similar hand. And I feel like a lot of these teams, they're just sort of used to it at this point. I think the Villanova had a little bit of a pause of their own last season so it's not like it's anything new if this were to be the first time this wound up happening a Villanova team that last year they were relatively free and clear of it and now they're having to go through it for the first time against a team that they wound up having no pause whatsoever I'd be putting a little bit more stock into it but what else I think is going to be very big as well is the fact that seeing all they themselves have been going through some of their issues when it comes to COVID-19 Aiko Biagu wound up missing the team's last game a few days ago, and he is going to be out once again along Tyree Samuel. Samuel's a guy that is averaging right around 10.5 points, a few rebounds per game. So actually, when it's all said and done, despite the pause, I actually give the advantage to Villanova because they're not going to be having any guys out due to COVID-19. 
Meanwhile, Peyton Hall, they're suffering these two losses. Obiago, a guy that actually averages more blocks per game than points or rebounds, which is something that you just pretty much rarely find. And as a result of seeing all going through this and Villanova having their full complement of guys, I did wind up saying Villanova more around a four and a half point favor because I do think that it's a relatively solid spot for Villanova. Meanwhile, seeing all just dealing with these guys being out, that is much more of a negative than Villanova dealing with only about a 10, 11 or so day pause. He is Greg Peterson, host of the Greg Peterson Experience here on VEASAN. Greg, thank you for joining us here on Betting Across America, and we wish you a happy new year and best of luck today, bud. Absolutely. Thank you so much, gentlemen, and best of luck on your bets as well. All right. How about that? Interesting. He likes Iowa State. I think I might have to fire in on this Iowa State play. He made a really good case for the Cyclones at home, getting eight and a half against Baylor. And I think the important thing, Adam, that he mentioned is that, like, Nobody in college basketball right now is that like elite, elite head and shoulders above. So even though you see that number one next to Baylor, it's kind of like a placeholder. Yeah, maybe you get the Hilton magic today with this one there in Ames. Real quick, I want to mention, Greg does a spotlight best bet for a game every day over at VEASAN.com. And also, subscribers can see his lines, his sides and total lines for every game on the college card. So uh, we talked about the big game special with the promo earlier. Another reason to subscribe over at VEASAN.com. He is our go-to guy with the college hoops, as we call him, Hoops Peterson here at the network. On the other side, we'll get back to NFL discussions week 17 here in the National Football you're watching Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on New Year's Day. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on any sport to win $200 in free bets. Just use bonus code VEASAN200 when you make your first bet. Enjoy the holiday like never before and score big with the king of sportsbooks. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code VEASAN200 to win $200 in free bets when you bet on any sport on New Year's Day. Start the year off right and discover why there's nothing like a win at BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. It is BetMGM, BetMGM, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe, Adam Burke here at the VEASAN Studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Talking all things college football, NFL. We got the Fiesta Bowl going on right now. Notre Dame leads it 14-0 late in the first quarter. At last check at the live line at BetMGM, the Fighting Irish were 11.5 point favorites. Total of 51.5 here, Adam. That seems like a lot of points for this Notre Dame team. That Not the most explosive offense. No, not at all, but uh, apparently noted air raid quarterback Jack Cohen, 9 of 11 <laughs> for 163 yards in this first quarter here. Notre Dame with four carries for zero yards. So the absence of Williams definitely hurting their running game. Looks like they're trying to attack Oklahoma State through the air, and so far they've had success with it, whereas the Cowboys just uh, a couple of nice runs on this drive. They're kind yeah. of getting things going a little bit, settling in. And sometimes, you know, that's part of it too, Femi, is – you know, we talked about will there be a hangover for Oklahoma State coming off of basically being a half to a quarter yard short of being in the college football playoff. They get hit in the mouth. They're down 14 nothing. gave up a big touchdown pass. But now they've really settled in, and that's something that good coaches do, like Mike Gundy, uh, settling his team down a little bit here. So we'll see if they're able to get back in the game and get some points out of this drive. I think the point that you made about Notre Dame struggling to run the football is key because when you're live betting this game, if a team can't run the ball, they're not going to be able to put the other team away. So that gives a chance for Oklahoma State now down to nine and a half on the live number at BetMGM to maybe get back into the game as right now they're deep into Notre Dame territory right now inside the 30. So Oklahoma State, like you mentioned, appears to be getting the wheels back on the track in this Fiesta Bowl. But yeah, Notre Dame, if they can't run the football, Oklahoma State will be into this game here. And that number of 12 and a half, which was what it was during the break or so, that's kudos to those who gobbled up the points, but of course Oklahoma State has to uh, get a touchdown here um, for that to be live. Otherwise, you're, you're, not, you're not doing good as they right now are just outside the 10-yard line. By the way, Jack Cohen in this first quarter has uh, more passing yards than he had in four regular season games. <laughs> yeah, that's so, uh, you know, obviously you know, there's something, something you should have handicapped if you're on Oklahoma State. Yes, indeed. Halftime right now between Penn State and Arkansas in the Outback Bowl. The Nittany Lions lead it 10-7 to 7. right now. They are favored on the live line at BetMGM by 2.5. So if you want Arkansas, you're getting plus 2.5, or you can get them on the money line at plus 105. Of course, the Razorbacks went off as 3.5-point favorites with a total at 52. And that's been an ugly one that we've seen, but Penn State, after a pretty good drive to open up, ended with a missed field goal, was able to get back on track after letting the Razorbacks take that 7-0 lead. Yeah, and for Arkansas, I mean, a case of missed opportunities in the first half. They had a pick in the end zone. They did wind up scoring a touchdown uh, right before the end of the first quarter, as we talked about, kind of leading to a, a bad beat for anyone that was on Penn State first uh, first quarter. But, yeah, Penn State, again, 
settled down. You know, I think that's really important is not overreacting to what happens in the first quarter of some of these games, especially when both teams are motivated. You know, this is a case where we talked about Oklahoma State. Yeah, they could be in the college football playoff, but also they're in the Fiesta Bowl, which was probably not where they expected to be coming into the season. So sometimes things start slow in the first quarter, and then these teams kind of figure it out. So if you are live betting, looking to take some of those positions, don't just treat the first quarter as the way the rest of the game is going to go. Yeah, I mean, the Fiesta Bowl is a big deal for Oklahoma State. I mean, last time they were there, I think Brandon Whedon was the quarterback and the team with former uh, the, Cleveland the, Brown. Former Brandon Cleveland Whedon Brown at the age of forty, first round pick to make matters even worse. Uh, Getting <laughs> trapped under the giant flag. That's one of the that was one of the highlights of the Brandon Whedon era. Yeah, that's a shame that that's one of the highlights. But pregame festivities, he got a little caught up. Unfortunately, the game that you're on, you're on Kentucky right now, minus three, I believe it is. That's correct, Adam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right now, the Kentucky leads Iowa seven to three. Live line, they're six and a half point favorites. Total at forty one and a half. We knew this would be a lower scoring game, but it's still early second quarter right now. So it's still a lot of football to be played here. But this is kind of playing out how we all thought it would be with these two teams that are pretty physical and defensive minded teams. Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, Kentucky's been a team that I've I've really tried to play on a lot throughout the year, and I wanted to carry that over in the bowl season. And, and as I mentioned earlier in the show, Iowa's a team that I've been looking to fade and. You know, look, so far, a pretty decent start. Obviously, I wish Kentucky would, you know, kind of uh, move the football down the field a little bit more efficiently than they have. But this is, as you said, what we expected. And and, and that's the thing. You know, you have two teams that pretty much mirror each other. You know, they're, they're very, very similar. And so you kind of get this, you know, tighter first half. And I, I don't think that's a surprise at all. And Oklahoma State just scored a touchdown, so they have cut the lead in half as it's now 14-7 to Notre Dame leading in the Fiesta Bowl live line right now. Notre Dame favored by 5.5. We mentioned it prior to this drive. It was as high as 12.5, so that total 56.5. So the folks that were betting the under in this game, we thought this would be a lower-scoring game. We got three touchdowns already on the board here late in the first quarter. Right now on the money line, Oklahoma State plus 190. They, of course, went off as the favorite in this game. So if you're still bullish about the Cowboys, plus 190 is juicy, juicy, juicy. All right, let's transition over to the NFL here. Pick up back with this Week 17 discussion and get to the afternoon window here, Adam. The Dallas Cowboys hosting the Arizona Cardinals. Right now, Dallas six-point favorites, total of 52. And this might be the biggest buy, low, sell, high spot of the year in the NFL. I'm curious to get your take on whether it be the side or the total here. That's exactly what I was going to say about this game, Femi. It, it is a buy low, sell high type of thing. And, I mean, look, you know, it's week 17 in the NFL. Both of these teams are playing for something. Do we really expect that the market is three and a half points off on a game, you know, in terms of, of the look ahead line or even the Sunday night opener or anything like that? I don't think so. And I understand that it is pretty unpalatable to bet the Cardinals right now. They are going in reverse. There's a lot of talk about Cliff Kingsbury, really both at the college level and at the NFL level, not being able to win a big game. Mm -hmm. And this is a big game for them. Whereas Dallas rolling, obviously they had, you know, kind of a controlled scrimmage last week. It felt like against Washington, (laughs) just getting out to the big lead and kind of coasting to the end. Look, from a line equity standpoint, yeah, the Cardinals are the side at plus six, but I also understand the hesitance to, to back a team that's not playing very well right now. You mentioned the Cliff Kingsbury and like the discussion about how he's winning big games. I almost think it's like a trend of his team's falter in the second half of the season. 
And I'm just, I, I've heard some theories about it all throughout the week about why that may be the case. And people want to blame it on Kyler Murray's not healthy or whatever, but maybe it's Cliff just not adjusting. Maybe he has a good plan heading into the year. And then by November, it gets figured out. And he's just like, well, I'm still sticking with plan A because now it's becoming a repetitive cycle here. And of course, Murray got hurt earlier this year. So it's easy to point to Murray's injury. But I wonder if there's more signal to what's going on there with Cliff Kingsbury's teams faltering in the second half of the year. Yeah, I think there certainly could be. I mean, you know, you think about also what kind of happened with Kansas City earlier on in the year here where Patrick Mahomes just turning the football over a ton. I think as a head coach or as he, or excuse me, even as a coordinator, you've got an elite athlete like Kyler Murray. You've got an elite athlete like Patrick Mahomes. And you just assume, okay, I don't need to change anything because they'll make plays. You get complacent. You know, you rely too much on the natural talent of your player as opposed to making adjustments to try and make it easier for them to succeed. And I think maybe that's something that Arizona's kind of fallen into. As you said, not adjusting throughout the year where Kingsbury goes, well, this is what got me to this point, yep. and I've got Kyler Murray, and he'll figure it out. Yeah. And and that's something that's clearly not working for Arizona right now. I will say, though, something that's probably not being respected enough, I don't think, about this game, and I know Dallas is a phenomenal offense with a ton of talent, this Arizona defense is still really good. Yep. You know, still you look at DVOA, you look at yards per play metrics and all that. This is still a really, really good Arizona defense that I don't think it's quite getting enough respect here. I know it's a tough matchup, but still. Yeah, the Arizona defense, they got some really good athletes, dynamic on all levels of the defense, Chandler Jones. And, of course, you got the, the linebackers are really athletic. Of course, Buda Baker on the back end of the secondary there. So Dallas is going to have their hands full. Uh, I'm a Cowboys fan. Uh, that's been noted. Uh, obviously, a hell of a win last Sunday night. It was like levitation almost seeing that defense play the way they did against Taylor Heineke. But that was Taylor Heineke. This is Kyler Murray, who has never lost at AT&T Stadium. He is a Texas high school football legend, of course, won a Big 12 title for Oklahoma in that building as well, but he tends to play pretty, pretty well down there at Jerry World. We'll see what happens later on tomorrow afternoon. Are you making a play? I got Cardinals. Okay. I, yeah, I took the Cardinals plus six. I just, it, it's, it's too much of a buy low, sell high. Um, but we do a segment every Sunday, Point Spread Sunday, called Fresh Fades. Uh, to me, the Cowboys are a fresh fade this week. Just You don't want to be buying these teams at the top of their markets in the NFL, and that's kind of where the Cowboys are reaching towards the top of their market. They're kind of a, a second-tier NFC contender is what most people think. I think they're in that first tier, but that's my own opinion. The market probably sees them as a second-tier NFC contender, but right now they're laying six points against a pretty good Arizona Cardinals team, which a few weeks ago had the best record in the league. So that's quite a bit of respect for Dallas and the value, like you mentioned, is on Arizona. So we'll see. All right, Cliff, <laughs> don't make the new year a bad one. <laughs> we'll see what happens tomorrow. All right, on the other side, we're going to do a little bit of market check, NFL playoff futures. We talked about it earlier in the show. We'll discuss it more in depth on the other side to see if there's a little bit of value here on the futures board with two weeks to go in the regular season. You're watching Betting Across America here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.